the true reason for Attila the Hun's raids. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, the largest water supplier in the country, the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, declared a drought emergency, asking cities to immediately reduce their usage. If the conditions don't change, and they likely won't, there could be mandatory cutbacks or fee increases by spring. The district supplies water to 26 utilities, serving close to 20 million people from Los Angeles to San Diego. It gets about half of its water from the Colorado River. As the decision was announced, leaders from the seven states in the southwest that make up the Colorado River Basin met for three days in Las Vegas and heard again that the system is in crisis and they need to reach agreement on how to address it. If they don't agree, the federal government will step in to stabilize the two large reservoirs on the river, Lake Mead and Lake Powell, to avoid dead pools where there's not enough water to run through the dams. Due to a years-long drought made worse by man-made climate change, there isn't enough water in the basin to supply farmers and cities and also to generate electricity for millions. The conference was told that the three states in the lower basin, California, Arizona, and Nevada, take out more water from the river than flows into it from the upper basin states of Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico, and that it's apparent to some that deep cuts to those lower basin states will be necessary. While some places on the planet, like the southwest, have too little water, some areas like Pakistan, which experienced severe flooding earlier this year, have too much. Actual numbers of where water is and where it's going mostly come from observations on the ground, but a significantly clearer picture will soon come from the sky. Last week, NASA, along with international partners, launched the Surface Water and Ocean Topography, or SWAT, satellite into orbit to survey water from oceans to lakes. Currently, only a few thousand lakes and rivers globally are measured, but SWAT will provide data on more than 95% of freshwater bodies. Along coastlines where so much of the world's population lives, SWAT will fill in gaps in places that don't have tide gauges or other instruments, so research can better track sea level rise. The data will help policymakers and resource managers plan for floods and also monitor drought effects on reservoirs to help predict water availability for crops. Experts called having a satellite dedicated solely to tracking the world's water a game changer that will measure its volume and help to understand how climate change is altering ocean circulation as our seas absorb heat and carbon from burning fossil fuels. Mining lithium in the Nevada desert could become more difficult. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service took steps to list a flowering plant, the team's buckwheat, as endangered after conservation groups filed a petition in 2019 to protect it. An Australian company, Ioneer, is proposing to mine the lithium on public lands about four hours northwest of Las Vegas. The mineral is a crucial element in batteries for electric cars and other devices. However, the Center for Biological Diversity says that the team's buckwheat grows on just 10 acres of land and is threatened by the mine, which would be a deep open pit surrounding a tiny island where the majority of the plants live. Tailings would be dumped only 12 feet from the rare wildflowers. The designation won't halt the mine, but it will give conservationists more power in court 
if it threatens the plant. Lithium mining in the United States was made a part of the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act. Rebates to consumers will eventually be made only for electric vehicles that use minerals extracted in the U.S. or from countries with which it has a free trade agreement. The mine in Nevada could produce enough lithium for 400,000 cars each year. And finally, Attila the Hun and his marauding hordes have been known throughout history as ferocious nomads who, in the 5th century, triggered the fall of the Roman Empire as they descended into provinces along the Danube River demanding gold. Up until recently, no one knew exactly where they came from and why, but a new study says some Huns switched from farming and herding to become violent raiders because of drought. Using tree ring data as well as archaeological and historical evidence, researchers at the University of Cambridge found that increased rating coincided with extreme dry spells that would have reduced crop yields and pasture for animals, forcing Hunnic peoples to adapt or migrate. Attacks intensified after Attila came to power in the late 430s. The Huns not only demanded gold, but eventually a strip of land five days journey wide along the Danube because this would have secured better grazing areas in dry years. The researchers say more study is needed to support their theory, but while traditionally the Huns have been cast as violent barbarians driven by an infinite thirst for gold, they might have just been thirsty and a bit hungry. That's it for this week in water, which is made possible by support from listeners like you. Learn more at h2oradio.org.